0: Welcome to Untangling Christianity, episode 48. On this show, John and Greg attempt to defuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. We hope you'll come along for the conversation, and you can be part of that conversation by leaving comments at the website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 48. You'll also find related notes and links for this episode at the same place. I'm John Polstra. And I'm Greg Montez. This week we're picking up where we left off. Last week we were discussing a sermon by Kyle Eidelman titled Humbled to be Exalted as part of a three-sermon series with the series titled The Inside Out Way of Jesus. It was sent to us by listener, Brandon, and he wanted to know what we thought of it. So we did that talked about it at length, and the conversation got so long that we turned it into two podcasts. So this podcast is the conclusion of our discussion around that, and then a few other things that evolved from there. So if you missed last week, maybe go listen to that one first. It's episode number 47, easily located at untanglingchristianity.com slash 47, or on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Here we go. If you were to answer, I don't know, in two or three sentences, Brandon's question, what do you, Greg, think about this message? How would you sum it up? I think that what we
1: need to do is get the right guiding principle. Christianity is not about heaven or hell. The message of Christianity is tremendously plain and direct. God loves you. God is truly sovereign. God is truly parent there is a love relationship in a context of truth and truth-seeking that God desires to enact with you, God will instigate that, right? Even if that's only through you being exposed to the text, the biblical text, even if it's only as you being exposed to people who, through their love, um, mirror God to you. But I think that in terms of humility, is humility important? Yeah, so to come back to the whole thing about you know, shame, or when I do something that I'm ashamed of, is that humbling? Yeah, I think so. And do I have some choices to make? Yeah, I can just say, oh, it's not important. No, it is important. It is important. But I think what that, that humility is always, always in a preceding context, which is loving God entirely, loving yourself rightly, loving your neighbor likewise, the greatest commandment. In that context, those who are humble will be exalted. And those who are exalted will be humbled. Meaning that the people who act in ways to, I think if you're exalted in that situation, if you're exalting yourself, you're not allowing that love to impact you. You're not allowing the love relationship with God to allow you to look at other people in a way that sees them as they best could be and that seeks to offer them what god would offer them in your place if you're humble in that sort of a context you're allowing that love to permeate to penetrate you and to permeate out and beyond you and allowing that sense of you know it's not just love it's truth as well that god truly desires relationship with us that uh each individual truly does have the image of God, that these are remarkably valuable beings, as much as this person may be pissing you off. You know, and being humble enough to say, you know what, I'm not very good at this. I don't know what to do with this person, but I know it's important to you, God. Help me so that it's important to me too. I guess that's where I'd go.
0: I think that was eight sentences. (laughs) <laughs> <Are> you <counting?
1: laughs> You're hilarious.
0: So for me to to me, if I were to sum it up, I would say what do I think of the message? Going back to the part that struck Brandon specifically, which was quote, it was the subtle fact that one can be prideful by comparing their own humility to the humility of others. I also like the point about giving to others secretly. So I agree that there's something to be said for giving anonymously, and I think it can be a powerful way to give to other people. But I don't see it as a magic bullet for being humble. I mean, it kind of ties into the other thing Brandon mentioned, was that one can be prideful by comparing their humility to another person. So in the same way, I think you could equally be as unhumble, you could be equally unhumble by giving to someone anonymously and then patting yourself on the back for not seeking credit, for being anonymous. So I don't know, I just see this whole... I see this whole thing as just kind of slippery in a lot of different directions and and ultimately missing the point. In other words, I, I don't want to downplay the things that resonate with Brandon. I think those are good things. I just think that if if you're asking what I think about the message and I'm looking at the message in the context of being based on scripture, it seems to me there's a number of, I don't know, I mean, really, was Jesus' core message in this passage about being humble so you can get the goodies from God? In other words, be humble so you can be exalted, as Idleman's saying. Or are there more intricacies in this parable that Jesus was trying to get at in in telling the parable to begin with? For me specifically, I would say they are good principles. I think think they're very good principles uh, that that make for living a better life and hmm. being a better contribution to society. However, I don't feel that he's derived any value by using the Bible to support his right. case. I I mean this could just as easily be a Zig Ziglar book or some Dale Carnegie How to Win Friends and Influence People. Be humble. Right. I mean it could have been like three or four bullets in the and you know, put up a slide with those three or four bullets and ask people to Reflect on them for sixty seconds and pick one that they're going to do this week, and the summering could have been over.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, there's nothing necessarily Christian about what he's saying. No, I don't pick that up. I, I mean, well, the,
0: no, because the, the, the really the force of his message, as I understand it, and again, <laughs> someone out there read, you know, listen to it yourself, read the notes, and and tell me where I went off track, but. Really, the force of the message as I hear Eidelman saying it is, "Be humbled, be humble, so that God can exalt you." Full stop.
1: Yeah, and then you could say, "Be humble, so that I don't know Allah could exalt you, or be humbled, so that you will be closer to the Buddha, or be humbled, so that you know you could you could insert a number of you know, and, and maybe the, the Buddha one isn't isn't the best example, but the Allah one I think fits quite well um, potentially. So yeah, what really is. And, and I guess this is back to this reward and punishment thing, but Hey, I guess we're, we're going back down the track again. There's so much more I would have liked to have said about this though, because I really, I don't know. I found it really, uh, I thought you were, um, some of your points in here were excellent. and Some of the questions that he raised, you see, I I think the one other thing that I do think is important to say is that, there's a lot of unrealistic expectation that comes out of Eidelman's orientation. So when he's talking about, uh, I'll just read this one part really quickly. This is your note, but I think this is dead on. Social media makes it easy to fall into presenting the best version of ourselves and performing and controlling experiences. We only post the positive moments that cast ourselves in the best light. We don't take the picture of of us as a family fighting in the car on vacation, for example. And I just thought there's a huge difference between balancing our confidence about something and our humility and being humiliated or humiliating ourselves or be- and between being open to critique and being self-critical to the point that we're self-abasing. You know, so some of the, it's almost as though Eidelman needs to prompt us to believe that we are intrinsically proud people. And that what we should be doing is taking pictures of us fighting in the car. No, you shouldn't. You should never be doing that. You crazy? Who wants to do that? Now you You nailed it. I may be talking to my friends about that, right? I might say, you know, how was the the vacation, Greg? Well, I got to be honest with you. You know, there were some really terrible moments. They're like, I cannot believe that we had this. You know, we told ourselves we're going to get ready at nine. We didn't get out till 11. And then we kind of settled everybody down. And when you had this fight over nothing and then, you know, like you share moments of achievement and happiness broadly and indiscriminately and that's okay but sharing moments of failure and dejection you're pretty selective about that because you know you're not looking for feedback on your successes and your happiness particularly on your happiness i mean maybe you get some right but generally you're okay with that
0: go back to your you said it so succinctly i want you to say it again Go back to your initial observation about his thing about social media and where he's coming from. What was it again?
1: Well, so I, the whole thing about, you know, you don't take pictures of your family fighting in the car. And I wrote, my point is, there's a difference between balancing confidence and humility. So that Pharisee was way overconfident. No, I got that
0: part. It was go back right. even a little bit further. That that, that Eidelman feels the need to ah. remind,
1: like, what, what were you saying there? Well it's almost like you know marketing now isn't so much saying here's why you need this thing to meet this need it's creating the need within the people for the product. It's almost as though he's creating the need he's got to convince us that we're far more I don't know arrogant or proud. Yes and, and you're you're proud because you didn't take pictures of yourself fighting in the car. No you're normal.
0: Yeah or yes and if you if you were really humble and more authentic you yeah. would, if you were really humble or more transparent, you would be transparent all the time. Just not when you have your best outfit and on, and you've done your makeup. But you he, would just be, yeah. In fact, he says that. Uh, he says, uh, "These are my words, but kind of summarizing what he was saying." It's the idea that it's a novelty when people post pictures that are not filtered, and then they add the hashtag of no filter. And then he, and then he pushes it a little too far. I think he says, you know, and yet some people post pictures dishonestly that were taken with a filter and a tag of no filter. Now yeah. I don't is it
1: just
0: I'm that's what I was trying to say earlier on was what's the context like mm. but that's that was the whole vibe of not a fan. It's it's kind of like it's and I don't think this is specific to him. I think this is specific to Uh, Christian leadership in general that it's their job because Mm -hmm. we can't see the errors of our ways that it's their job to ask all these little questions and probing thoughtful probing questions to see if we're really in the right boat or not.
1: Yeah. And I would say, get away from the errors, leave the errors alone. You're going to commit them anyways. Like, I mean, I hate to sound. Say that. Say more about that. That That's kind of, well, that sounds get in counter touch cultural, with, Greg. Get in, touch, get in touch with what you think it should be like. Get in touch with what you want it to be. You may be off. That's so dangerous. You may be wrong. Well, you know what's dangerous <laughs> is to work your whole life thinking about all the things you're doing wrong, all the ways you're screwing up, all the ways you're not making the grade while you've got somebody there who loves you more than your mom. What would your mom say on the best day if, you know, some of us didn't have great moms? But some of us do, and not bad. And most of us, almost all of us, have moms that at least once or twice we can remember saying to us, hey, you know what? You're fantastic. You're awesome. Don't feel bad about that. I know you feel really sad. I love you. If God can do 10 times better than your mom on her best day, how do you think God feels about you totally being wrapped up In everything you're doing wrong, taking 10 times more time with your problems and your feelings and your errors and your, am I on the right boats than with, hey, want to hang out today, God? And you might say, well, what does that look like? Greg, I don't know what what the sense of that comment is. Great, great point. But that's exactly the point. That's the discussion to be having. If you don't, if you can't figure that one out, let's go down that road because you know what? That's the road you should be on. That's the road you should be figuring out, not the road of how do I kind of solve all these things. My my experience of God is that by being in right relationship with God, I don't want to do those things that break that relationship. Coincidentally, those things that break those relationship are what we typically call sin. So by focusing on God by being in right relationship with God, by trying to further that relationship. Why? Because I love God. I am in love. Why am I a Christian? Because I fell in love with God. When I focus on that, that's what helps me get up again when I fall. That's what helps me, what reminds me when I say to myself, when I'm ashamed, when I'm like, man, that wasn't just like like a sort of silly thing. That was a dumb, jackass, stupid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, expletive 15 times thing you did. You hurt people there that you really care about. And you know what? I can't imagine God thinking that that was a cool thing you did. And you, 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 just think back, think back a couple months, Greg, about some of the salient things God has done in your life. Is that the way you want to respond? I would say no, not in the least. I cannot believe it. But being in that love relationship and letting that impact me lets me get up off the ground again. It helps me get up. And I experience that through other people too, you know, through my family who love me and care about me. But I guess being so focused on how we're so proud and how we need to humble ourselves, I mean, I guess I would come back to a couple simple questions. What's your relationship with God look like? On your best days, What do you imagine that it could look like or what would you want it to look like? And then my my next question would be, how do you think you can get there and what would it cost? And I might might disagree. Somebody might say, here's my best picture of God. God's given me a Ferrari and I have a $2 million (laughs) house and Mark Zuckerberg (laughs) is my best friend and we've got the same disposable income and blah, 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 blah. It's still worth it for me to ask the questions. What's important to you about that? How do you think you might get there? Why do you think you're not there now? What do you think God thinks about that? We don't ever bother asking those questions, it seems. You know, those are great.
0: Those are great questions. In fact, I would encourage people to bring in some of my business stuff. I've been doing this a lot where I'm brainstorming ideas. And so I'll try to come up with a. headline or a title for something and instead of just trying to write one title that's good i'll write 10 Hmm. sometimes i'll write 20 Hmm. and maybe 18 of them will be dumb or just like embarrassing maybe even (laughs) downright offensive it's like you could never publish that but what i'm trying to get to here and i like where you're going is it's okay to write out what you think your best view and relationship with God would be like, even if it's wrong, because Mm -hmm. in some of the wrong stuff, you eventually get to the good stuff. So as I'm writing these headlines that are bad, that are offensive, that are just never work. Inevitably, there's a couple words in those really bad ones that turn Mm -hmm. out to be really good, Mm -hmm. that help whatever the final product turns out to be. So I would encourage people. Yes. Write it all out. Think about it. And, there may be parts of it that don't work or that are not correct, but yeah, I like what you're saying.
1: Well, you know, and it may be, you see, I guess the value in it f- that I see is you, if you're honest, if you can be honest with yourself, you will be honest with yourself. And that's which the means- only way to
0: go, which is what you were saying earlier on. Like, yeah, if you're not being authentic to yourself, whatever yourself is, you're taking a huge detour if you're trying to live it the way someone else thinks you should live it. It's yeah, never going
1: to be yours, right? A- and and there's a there's a big caution sign there. Caution: God may not agree with you. God, <laughs> who knows like you that. better than you know yourself, who so who holds your identity, who loves you better than yourself, so who has your best interest at heart, may say, you know what, that path is going to kill you. And that path may kill you twenty years from now. May kill you two years from now. Or that path may just do bad things for you. It may hurt your family. It may hurt people you love. It may bring you dissatisfaction and lack of fulfillment. Right? But the point is, first of all, or, or I don't know if it's necessarily first of all, but within this process of being a Christian or of coming into relationship with God, you need to know and understand yourself. You need to know and understand God. You need to know and understand what, 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 God are, what are God's expectations? What are God's promises? What's God's level of involvement? How does that come about? All of those things need to be investigated and understood. Now, that's a big undertaking. We do that as a community. I'm not suggesting that one person is going to be able to figure that out. I mean, I go to a lot of people who are my mentors and, and my resources and, and my, my informers, if you like, to understand those things better. But I have to understand those. But I also have to understand me. You know, when we leave ourselves out of the picture. And what I'm hearing in Kyle Edelman is, leave yourself out of the picture. So in the other sermon I heard, heard, God likes to fill things that are empty. So you need to empty yourself. And Not a Fan, the whole idea—I think that was page 65, sixty-five, sixty-nine. Uh, I love how I've got these page numbers in my head. I don't have that book anywhere around me. It's a little scary. Um, it is. But the whole idea that you know, uh, you have to empty yourself so that the Holy so that you can make more room for the Holy Spirit. No, 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 not at all. God loves you. God, God thinks. You are awesome and can be awesome, right? Sometimes in the way I am right now, am I, am I doing awesome things? Am I, is this really good? You don't know, no, sometimes I do things I'm ashamed of, but God sees me also through the eyes of love, through the eyes of truth, as I truly am, as I am today, actually, and through the eyes of love as who I could be possibly as I enter into right relationship with God. And as that relationship does what it allows me to flourish, it allows me to thrive. It allows me to live, as Jesus would say in John, John's gospel is recorded, to live abundantly. And so, you know, I think we've got to change the orientation. We've got to get back to a guiding principle, which is very simply, love God entirely. Love yourself rightly. Love your neighbor likewise. When the, that is the guiding principle, when that's the deep understanding of what it is to be a Christian, being a Christian means loving God entirely, loving yourself rightly, loving your neighbor likewise.
0: You triggered me a little bit there when you said this is the principle because I've been railing on principles. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> People are like you guys are contradicting yourselves. So, no, I would add there that again. I'm not. I'm not down on principles per se. I'm down on principles for principles' sake. Yeah, and I'm down. I'm down on bogusly formed principles. Mm. So, if and principles that are very shallow, and I just see this whole idea of humble yourself so that you'll be exalted as shallow. But to me, mm-hmm. that just turns God into this cosmic vending machine.
1: Mm-hmm. You,
0: you, want something from God? Here's what you need to do: be humble. Because you know, be humble. That's the only way to get what you want from God in this context. That, that like, if you take a big step back. That sounds like you're just kind of using God. Like, it. Yeah, something just seems really wrong with that to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point.
0: I don't know. Keep Good going point. where
1: you're going with principles Well, you, you know, there's, there's more to Christianity than just um, loving God entirely, loving yourself rightly, and loving your neighbor as yourself. But that's the guiding. Those are the guiding points. So in a context of truth, we have a love relation. Truth what? The truth that God exists, that God is sovereign that God is truly our parent. So there's, a, there's, there's a, a truth to God being and God being oriented towards us in a certain manner, in a particular manner. And that works out for me in terms of a love relationship that I can count on. How can I count on that? What does that look like? What does it mean to count on God? What does it mean for God to show up? Those are the questions we need to be asking. I'm not going to answer all those questions now because I mean, I think A, uh, they take too much time and B, I, I don't want to give flimsy answers uh, for the sake of, you know, putting some, uh, some icing on a cupcake at the end of a podcast. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, <laughs> but again, if if these are the questions that are, that are making you scratch your head, then I would say fantastic. Fantastic. You know, if your questions are, how do I stop, you know, bad-mouthing this person over here? How do I stop, I don't know, using pornography? How do I stop... Or or how do I start, you know, being in right relationship with God? Well, on the latter point, ask God. I think on all those points, ask God. Say, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on here. I don't really want to be doing this. Or maybe you do want to be doing this. Maybe you do want to be bad-mouthing somebody and you feel really badly about that. Well, be honest about it. And then maybe you're, you know, what you need to do is, is you need to sit down and have a conversation with somebody. Maybe you need to enter into mediation with somebody. Maybe on the pornography point or, you know, I don't know if it's kleptomania or, or something else that you, you're doing compulsively that you either do or don't want to be doing for a number of reasons. Maybe maybe that's a situation where counseling can be helpful. You know, but 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 God's going to work with you and in you and through you in various different ways and through various different mediums, Right. Counseling mediation, friendship, family, church uh, body um, and if you're finding that instead of being helpful that these various different mediums that i've suggested, whether it's professional or friendship or you know community if if they're just really negative, uh, it could be you need to get some different community or professional help or relational. You know, or personal relationships. I would you also know, add
0: in there. I would also add in their Bible reading. Some people say that you yeah. know, reading the Bible is is of all the things that you mm-hmm. just mentioned. The big one that you left out is the Bible. So that if you, you know, that's really the one that you should be focusing on. And I would advocate that if you're reading the Bible and it's not helping you, it's okay to take a break. I, I, like yeah. just continuing to beat your ha- your head against the wall and. Th- yeah, I don't know. I I just I guess I've personally spent too many years there. And so mm-hmm. I don't well, and I should be clear and say I don't feel like I've totally got it figured out yet either. Mm. Uh, I can so I can attest to the things that haven't worked for me. I, I don't know that I can attest very well to the things that have that have worked. Uh, right. But I do what uh, I do like what you're saying. So in the context of reading the Bible, I would say okay, if you're reading the Bible and it's not getting you anywhere and you're, you know, you're <laughs> You know, you're you're thirty for thirty this month in terms of doing your quiet time or whatever every day, and just nothing is changing. I uh, stopping that activity. I don't see as a bad thing necessarily. Like, yeah. So I don't know if I'm being yeah. Clear.
1: I, I think you're right. No, I, I, that's a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, yeah. If we now, Brendan, I think what
0: and and I mean, I did have I had someone give me that advice at Labrie. You know, because i was i was on this like i just have to keep trying harder i just have to strive i just have to i have to follow the principles i have to do them all and once i do them all then mm-hmm. then all the everything will line up and mm-hmm. and he's like you know what maybe you need to take a break from that mm-hmm. and that sounded like the most scandalous thing i'd ever heard mm-hmm. now and he- several years later i'm like no i think that was great advice it's mm-hmm. helped me to actually become ba- to be able to come back to the bible in a different way so if anyone just heard me, what I said about, yeah, don't, don't read the Bible, forget having your quiet time is scandalous,
1: uh, I understand. <laughs> That's a really good point, John. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think, I think it's the notion that, you know, the only way or, you know, really, some, really I wonder if it does come down to the only way you're going to get closer to God is to the Bible. The only way you're going to experience God, the only way you're going to know God, the only way God can talk to you. You know, is either a lot of people would say that, or the Bible plus other things. Well, if it's if it's the Bible plus other things, it's okay. (laughs) It has to be only the Bible too, right? So, so basically, what you're saying is the Bible has to be there. And I think I think sometimes the question there are questions that we need to ask ourselves completely apart from the Bible, like who do I want to be, what do I value, what are the most important things in the world to me, what would change for me. If if this thing or that thing changed in this way or that way, right? We need to sit down and have an honest conversation with ourselves because I think it's entirely consistent as a human being. It's not a consistent position, but it's entirely consistent consistent as a human being to say on the one hand, I really want to be a Christian and to say, I really enjoy bad-mouthing this person, or I really enjoy, I don't know, lying about certain things, or I really enjoy pornography or whatever and you know there are moments there where you've got to say okay like these two antithetical things are there for me and i need to work that out i need to understand that but first of all it's a question of understanding right because if you've got something that you can say oh you know what i didn't need to do that that was a mistake that hurt a lot of people and by just saying that and understanding it you walk away from it that's great but but if if this is some sort of repeated thing i think what people get caught up with the whole thing about sin is not like you know, I the teller gave me the wrong amount of money and uh, she was confused and I just hurried her through because I knew it was the wrong amount of money and that was a bad thing to do and I'm not going to do that again. Okay, good enough. You might want to give them back the money or if it just doesn't make sense or would be kind of, you know, just problematic in the context, you know you're not going to do that again. Great, solved. You know, does God hold that against you? No, I don't think so. But if you <laughs> if you start you know, um, being dishonest in your financial transactions generally and you find that habit hard to break, then I think it's, it's worth it to sit down and say, hey, there's something in this for me. What's going on? You know, so we're going down a different road here. But I guess I guess maybe not because the point about being humble no matter what, I think, fails to acknowledge that there's something in it for me when I do things that I say to myself, see, these are pretty problematic things and I don't want to be doing them, even if I like them. At some level, even if they do something for Ooh, me. Oh,
0: that's good. No, that's really good because yes, the. I feel like we were talking about this somewhere else recently. Uh, it, no, but it's this idea that, that that I'm doing this thing, and there's absolutely nothing in it for me.
1: Oh yeah, we talked about uh, uh, acts of kindness in regard to Darren Hufford, and that Darren Hufford's book. Uh, yeah, that was a
0: recent episode. I don't know, forty four, forty three, forty two, somewhere in there. Yes,
1: yeah, somewhere in there. And uh, you know that that we should be doing, we should we should act kindly for no gain for ourselves. And I thought, well, no. I mean, I love God for gain for me, not just. And I'm not talking about going to heaven. It's not about about some distant reward is the fact that when I am in re- right relationship with God, it's like, it's like being with a good friend who draws out the best in me. Well, God draws out the very best. I like who I am when I'm in my in right relationship with God. I sleep better at night. I make better choices. I'm a better dad. Who the heck wouldn't like that? When you're in right relationship with God, that makes you into a better person. That's my experience, right? That helps me. So, yeah, do I get something out of it? Absolutely. Do my kids benefit? Absolutely. You know, I don't just, and I don't just sit there going, oh, I should get no benefit from this. That's (laughs) ridiculous. You know, so, you know, the, the counter position to that in terms of the negative is I may do things and I may say, I don't want to do them, but at some level, I'm either getting something out of it or at some, in some way, in some way, even though I don't like it, I do like it. And just sitting down and saying, okay, you know, let's have an honest conversation with you with yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's, in other words, it's, it, yeah, okay. So in other words, asking yourself, okay, I'm doing this thing that I don't want to do. It's giving, it's giving me something. It's giving me some type of a reward. Mm-hmm. And then I think you're suggesting looking, like trying to figure out, like, what is this reward I'm looking for? And, and what's, what's the deeper issue?
1: Yeah. And I guess putting that back into the context with God and saying to God, hey, God, you know what's happening here that I see? I'm getting this type of reward. What would you like to offer me instead of this? Is this, is, there's a need here. There's a human need here. How do you want to see this need met? And allowing God to have the opportunity to speak into that somehow.
0: That is a great a lot- question.
1: That is such a great question.
0: Cool. I, no, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking of it in context of something I've been struggling with personally and, and just thinking that there's only one way that God can fix it. <laughs> huh. Not, I should clarify that. Not one way that God could fix it, but there's only one possible outcome that I see that would be okay with me. Right. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, Wow and I often bring this up, so I'm, you know, hypocrite here, um, there's usually more than one solution to a problem. But I've been looking at this particular situation and just thinking, oh, you know, it can only uh, change this way, and oh, by the way, it's dependent on this other person changing because I've done all the changing I can already do. <laughs> <Just> <laughs>
1: totally delusional. <laughs> We're doing
0: some self-therapy here. This is good.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, th- I think a lot of it, if i come back to it right down to it i'm open i can be open with god with my i mean this sounds so stupid on one level being open with god about your problems like you're sharing something with god god's like oh really i didn't know about that greg (laughs) wow then how's that affecting you like you you know like as you said before god is not an idiot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's an idiot. no well God, God's totally up to date. God knows what's going on. God knows God sees the, 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 none only the impact of when it's going wrong, but I mean, there must be that much more sorrow and distress or angst or you know desire on God's part because God sees what it could be like if it were going right. So by being open with God, you know it's, I, my, my underlying orientation is, God cares about me. I can trust God. God wants to see solutions to this. God's got better ideas than I do. Or God can stimulate better ideas in me, right? It's not always about what I don't have and what I can't do and how I'm not smart or how I'm not capable. But God wants to render me more capable. He wants to make me more clever in that vein of relationally kind of being in sync with God. God wants to do do that in all of us, I think. You know, and to allow us through that sort of, that, that cleverness, that attunement and in-tuneness to foster that for others with God. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, you know, I guess in a church context, like I'm going to go back, I'm going to take this back and finally to, to you know, Kyle Adelman here and this, you know, you're taking, you're not taking photographs of yourself in the car when you're arguing. I think what God wants us to be able to do you know in the context of being in right relationship with God is to be able to I'm losing my train of thought here. I think it's <laughs> Can you take me back for a second there? We finished with
0: I was jumping ahead. Or I was going back to the notes on the taking a picture of yourself arguing. So was I.
1: Um that, Well, I guess basically that God wants us to be, to come to God, to, to share these things with God, to be open. You know, and I guess in the context of this social media thing, when you've got that sort of situation going on, yeah, I mean, you want to, you want to be open with God about that. You want to take that to God. You want to express those frustrations that God cares. God's up to date. God knows what's going on. God sees the impact for you and what it could be like if you're going in the other direction. In a context where, as I mentioned before, it almost seems like Kyle Adam is trying to convince us that we're more prideful than we may think we are. Yes. by the fact that we're not doing silly things like taking photographs of ourselves arguing in a car, that's not a context that builds trust. That's not a context where I feel like I trust my minister because he's going to come back to me and tell me that I need to be more humble in situations where, you know what, that just doesn't freaking make sense to me. No, but that's the whole deal and here. How on that's earth the whole deal am I here. Supposed to, if that minister represents God, how on earth am I supposed to feel like I can trust God? And what I'm saying We can't is,
0: trust ourselves.
1: We can't no, and trust that's ourselves. Exactly and wrong.
0: He's, he's here, he, and I use that generally, broadly, not item and specifically. We can't trust ourselves, and someone needs to be there to remind us that we can't trust ourselves.
1: Mm hmm. Which, you yeah. know, is kind of the whole fear-mongering and doubt and... and Yeah. And then we're back to, you know, can we... How do we trust God in all this? How is God somehow trustworthy when God, you know, ministers aren't trustworthy, I'm not trustworthy? Ah. You know, yes, I need to be suspicious of my intentions, my orientations, my understandings, uh, whether my emotions are leading me correctly. But I also <laughs> need to trust those things. Well, no, I and- need to work out the balance... <laughs> For me, uh, based on a whole bunch of criteria.
0: Well, and the funny thing here would be you're not supposed to trust yourself, but you're supposed to trust that you're getting the right message on Sunday morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, well, as you pointed out, which <laughs> as you
0: pointed out, there's nothing magic about crossing the threshold of a church that you're like yeah. automatically going to get the truth or the right yeah. message. It's not to yeah. say that you don't get the right message a lot of the times, but to assume that it's a hundred percent,
1: no mm. way. I-, I think that was mm-hmm. very astute. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Are you going to finish with something else?
1: No, I mean I think that's kind of that's kind of it. That and I guess yeah, it's just there's layers and layers. So I guess to come back to Brandon, maybe to finish with Brandon, what I would say is there are layers and layers that I guess we could go into on this uh, sermon by Eidelman. And I guess I would say at the very top layer, the very most important piece in one way is we need the right guiding orientation towards god and christianity and i disagree with eidelman but as you peel off layers you begin to see why what goes wrong and what you need and i don't mean need in terms of get to heaven i mean need to live your life practically speaking as a person who is attached to her or his world and is able to make sense of that world, is able to live within that attachment, doesn't mean that you're a worldly person, right? Let's not try to throw in different words that kind of sound the same, but mean totally different things. That's not where I'm going. I mean that you are able to be in this world as a person in right relationship with God, who is mirroring mirroring Christ. How? In character, while being who? Being yourself in personality, because God loves you. God deeply cares about you. And that as you peel back the layers going going deeper and deeper, you see how, for example, this piece about humility is just – I think it's totally – I mean, people may think this is excessive. I think it's exploited. I think this is a, this is a sort of exploitative hum, sense of humility that would um, almost keep us from doing some of the crucial uh, Q&A we need to do with ourselves in order to sort of take – almost uh you know draw the balance sheet for ourselves where are we at? Where, where are we at what do we want where are we going what's important to us and our churches don't facilitate this in fact they poo-poo it uh well maybe that's not the right type of church you know maybe that's not how churches should be and so i guess what i would say is that, you know you and i john could probably do this for another hour and a half <laughs> going deeper and deeper and deeper and finding more and more problems and it's not again to take like we're grinding an axe against Kyle Eidelman. this is not to no this take is a, i apart. think this
0: is a this is a this is it's everywhere you go to church anywhere on sunday tomorrow and and my hunch is th- the chances of of experiencing something like this is there
1: yeah yeah and it's not uh
0: and i'm not saying i'm not i mean if it i sound pretty down on church because i haven't myself found it helpful and i don't see that it's Mm -hmm. helpful where i'm currently at Mm -hmm. and i don't know that i'll ever go back to church now Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe a year from now i'll change my position on that but that's kind of how I'm seeing the world today. And I know that I know other Christians that don't go to church too. Now I know that's like seven podcasts right there and <laughs> I we need to push the scandalous button a couple of times as well. But yeah, no, it's interesting. It was interesting. You, you talked about the how I had a note on that. Uh, I don't know that I touched on it and I thought the problem with the problem with a message like this is it leads with, this is what I wrote down. Is it leads with the action that needs or must be taken, quote, the how, mm. without formulating the real problem in depth, the what. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's, here, need to take this action, you need to be humble so that you can be exalted. Well, what's the real, mm-hmm. what's the real underlying issue? So, yeah. I don't know, the horse is probably dead now. <laughs>
1: Well, I think I think we've done a good job, you know. Um, I think uh, it's interesting to go back and re, you know, listen and re-respond to uh, an author we've gotten to know, and I'm glad for that. And we're certainly not trying to take apart, as you said, Kyle Edelman And I think the main point that I would say for me is that my life has been changed. I've gone from being a Christian to not being a Christian to being a Christian again, but I didn't return by all of a sudden seeing how I was wrong on all the things that made me decide Christianity wasn't worth believing in anymore. Um, I returned because I had new understandings of God in myself, but also new experiences and new ways of being a person in the world that works. It works for me to like who I am. It works for me to to feel like I'm being a good dad, a good father, a good person. It works for me to feel like... um, I am loved and valued, and it works for me to be honest and open, to be humble about certain things more so, to be confident about certain things more so, and to kind of work through that whole process. And so a lot of what's on my mind when we're talking about some of these things is how can this, does this work well? Does, if what Kyle Eidemann is suggesting brings us closer to God and allows us to be more human, then that's the way I want to go. That's the goal. But I see that it takes us further from God and makes us less human, makes us less, in fact, who God wants us to be. Why on earth would I want to embrace that? And I guess what I'm trying to show through this, you know, through my part of this discussion is how and why that's so. How and why Eidelman is taking us away from God or not as as close to God as the way I would suggest and is taking me further away from who I think human beings are meant to be.
0: Well, the spooky music means only one thing. This episode's over, but another one's on the way. Thanks for listening to Untangling Christianity. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So leave a comment at our website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 48. If you'd like to be notified by email when new episodes are released or other news, subscribe to our mailing list, also available in the right sidebar of the website. We welcome your questions, comments, or suggested future discussion topics by email. Send those to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. And if you're looking for just one more way to give feedback on the podcast, we're running a survey, untanglingchristianity.com slash survey. Music on this podcast is made available by Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. Thank him for his generosity by supporting him at his website. Tune in next week for a new episode.